bold vision, inspirational leadership, drive, determination, creativity. Welcome to Secrets of Staffing Success, a podcast where we talk to innovators and thought leaders in the staffing industry to discover the strategies and tactics that make these top performers stand out. And here are your hosts, the co-CEOs of Haley Marketing, Victoria Kenward and David Cerns. So, Vicky, here we are. It's day two of staffing. Well, I guess it's day three. It's but day I'm like, three, David. <laughs> I told you the nights are late and we don't sleep much. But I, I wasn't really counting the first day because that was more just parties. So, uh, excited to be back at the podcasting booth. Really excited to talk with our guests coming out today because I don't know that we've ever had not one, but two other industry marketers on our show. No, I don't think so. I think it's first time. So I guess it's time to introduce them. So yes. I would like to welcome Amy Geisinger and Scott Moorfield to Secrets of Staffing Success. Welcome, guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Appreciate it. So glad you're here. Thank you. So if you wouldn't mind, Amy, we'll let you go first. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you work, what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm proud to have been working with the Doherty family of companies for 10 years now. So it's my 10-year anniversary this month. Happy anniversary. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So that includes Doherty Staffing Solution, Solutions and then also Doll Consulting, both based in the Minneapolis-St. Paul Twin Cities area and servicing um, you know, primarily the, the um, Minnesota area, but also you know, with Doll nationally. So employment, lots of employment solutions. Yeah, um, Lutro Staffing Group, we have 40 offices in seven states, mostly Tennessee, Virginia, Kentucky, but we've branched out. We've got some acquisitions in California, Illinois, Vermont, so do business in several unique states that have a lot of different laws than what we're used to, so we've had to get used to some regulatory stuff. Uh, been there since uh, 1999 and started marketing department in 2014, so before that, I was a branch manager, and before that, I was a staffing manager, so... You built the marketing department. At basically, the basically. And, and Amy, was there a marketing department at Doherty or did you help to create that as well? There was. It was just one other person and myself. So we have built it up a little bit more as, as marketing's gotten more integrated into just the overall need. How, how large is your, is your department right now? So right now I have, uh, we're a team of five. Huh. Yeah, I have two marketing specialists and two coordinators. Excellent. How about you, Scott? That's basically, we're, we're right at five and a half. Basically, we've got an admin, we've got a graphic designer, and then everybody else is basically coordinators that service certain, basically, they each service a region or two regions. So they focus on those branches and supporting those branches. So within that, we've got, you know, graphic design and then. Um, they kind of specialize in some different things, like some of them can do some blogging and, and just various things that we do. And, and even a couple of them will try their hand at graphic design and do that. But uh, yeah, it's kind of how it's laid out. Everybody does a little bit of everything. I, I like to try your hand at graphic design. That can be really <laughs> good. Get all the colors, you know. Yeah. Everybody everybody. Want, yeah, they want it seem to do that. Yeah. And we can't. And sometimes it's hard saying no, like, oh, this, this may not work. Um, you know, <laughs> let's tweak this here. Um, so, but, but our main graphic designer gets so overwhelmed sometimes because, you know, for flyer requests from the offices and whatnot. So sometimes it's good that they can help her. Sure. Sure. So, You've been doing marketing a long time. We've been doing marketing a long time. And the staffing industry, if you go back, Vicky, we go back to our early days, 25 years ago, marketing didn't exist. I remember telling people we're going to do marketing for the staffing industry. And they looked at us like we had two heads. Like, uh -huh. 
it's an industry that's driven by people knocking on doors. It's, mm-hmm. it's sales. It's not marketing. Why in the world would you market to that industry? And like, well, because they need help. There's so much opportunity. And if we fast forward 25 years, there's been so much change. So Amy and Scott, I'd love to get your take on in your organizations, how the role of marketing has changed. Wow. I think that, well, it really speaks to both Scott and I talked about building up of our teams. So you guys were probably way ahead of what was coming. And luckily we got our companies to buy into the fact that marketing was going to become a bigger and bigger part of recruiting and sales for the staffing industry. Uh, so I think that not only building out the teams has shown the buy-in for the industry and the kind of bringing it more so into the forefront, um, I think marketing brings a really interesting voice to the leadership team because it's, it allows us to get them to understand that our candidates, our employees, they're actually our customers. So being in that consumer mindset, utilizing tools that traditional other companies that are selling just to consumer, um, that we can modify those, we can utilize those as well, um, I think is a really great kind of expertise set that we bring to the table um, at the C-level. So Scott, would, what would you add? Yeah, I mean, when I was a branch manager, of course, we didn't have a marketing department, so we were all the marketing department. So <laughs> it was like, oh, it's time to turn in the classified ad for this week. Um, and I remember those days. It was basically all just classifieds. I mean, that was our marketing or maybe putting up a sign, getting something made or, or getting some kind of promo automate just for our office. And so we just kept growing and growing. And, finally, you know, the owner called me and said, hey, what about just starting something to focus on recruitment, you know, marketing, recruitment. So um and I was already doing some blogging, doing the website, uh, kind of helping with that and uh, doing some Facebook. Pretty new, putting our page on Facebook and trying to get a presence there. As a and branch manager, you were doing all of that it was just, well. Yeah, I enjoyed wow. that stuff. I, I just enjoyed <laughs> it. So it was kind of one of those, you know, it was kind of one of those things where everybody did something different. So, you know, and that was kind of what I enjoyed doing. And we just grew past that because the rent managers now wouldn't have time. And that's why, that's why they brought us on to, to do this stuff for them, to support the branches, because they're so busy recruiting and managing and, and putting out fires and, and uh, taking care of clients. They don't have time to think about, oh, we've got to have a flyer. We've got to do a social posting or all the things uh, to write this job description correctly, uh, job posting correctly, you know, without job advertisements, Scott, job exactly. advertisements. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll put description. <laughs> you know just lay out the description now let's just put this on and, and pray that it works and it's a marketing tool and they don't you know they don't have time to think through that stuff so you know um when, when he asked me to start it it was just basically me and an admin assistant that was it and then we were like you know just trying to and as we grew we couldn't provide the support that we needed to provide with just us so that's kind of how that worked but yeah it's changed so both of you mentioned marketing as it supports recruiting um, in your organizations, what percentage of marketing is towards recruiting and what percentage is towards supporting the sales team? That can change <laughs> almost daily. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say just with the industry, with that, the talent shortage, with the, the struggles that we're having right now, and I would say probably for the past maybe even five years, more of the emphasis has been on that recruiting aspect, the tools yeah. to find the people themselves. Um, not that sales is any easier. Please don't think that I'm saying that, that sales is any easier than recruiting right now. It's very hard for sales to find not just customers, but the right customers. And they have 
it, at least at Doherty and Dahl, they have a great um, sales management team and our VPs and area managers are so involved in that sales process. They have a lot of leadership with that. So um, sales and marketing where kind of we intersect is that supporting role in making sure that once they have been able to come to the table, they're at presentation time, making sure everything looks polished, making sure they're putting their best foot forward. Because the last thing you want is, you know, someone in the room who happens to be a stickler for grammar, uh, you know, or you are yep. the salesperson accidentally grabbed the wrong logo and threw it on the top of the presentation. It's like, let's make sure we go in the room and we go in a hundred percent and we know what we're going to talk about and we, and we know what we're going to deliver on. And it's, it's that supporting role in making sure they feel confident and comfortable going in, going, this presentation rocks. I'm going to get this. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what we do too with sales. I mean, we focus on recruitment because that's the kind of the marketing and staffing. That's what it is. Recruitment, branding, PR, that stuff, um, you know, and, and then the sales team. Yeah, previously, it's like, oh, the salespeople are all beating down the you know, going, beating the bushes down, trying to find clients. And so, yeah, we helped them with all the graph, you know, the, the proposal, making sure it looks right, making sure it's correctly correct. And just like Amy said, um, and then we help them with numbers. So we use MC, uh, economic modeling. You guys use that, Amy? Uh, uh, I believe we've, yeah, we've utilized MC in the past, not specifically yeah. in the marketing team. So I can't speak to it. Go it's ahead. really handy because yeah. um, if we're going to go into an area, we can do reporting on um, what it looks like in that area, what the economic landscape is, what the labor landscape looks like, um, what the pay rates are for whatever we're recruiting for. And we can also use that to work with the sales team to try to drive, drive wages up. So we can say, okay, you're wanting to pay a machine operator $10 an hour. Well, um, look, all your competitors are paying $14 an hour here's what we can get you, which is basically nothing. I mean, we're not miracle workers. So we have to explain that to the clients and the sales staff. We work with the sales staff to do that. So to produce those reports for them. Is there a strategy to your marketing plans that you, you set ahead and, and how does your leadership team support that? Well, we do prescribe to the same uh, EOS model as Haley Marketing. Oh, yeah. So Doherty and Dollar are also on traction. And so, of course, there are annual goals, and then there are rocks that lead up to that. And then there's the endless to-dos, right? Sure. Uh, <laughs> from the, Because of the L10s. Let's, let's not talk about those. Let's not, a little behind and the scorecards. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're just getting started with this. Oh, are you? Oh, <laughs> you are. Oh, you'll started. love it. It's, okay. it's yeah, one, it, it brings like a lot of structure. Yeah, exactly. um, and then to your point, what it does is it really takes and not only our leadership team looking forward to making not only those one year, three year, five year kind of VHEG goals, but then it breaks it down very easily and then it makes it shareable throughout the organization. There's one thing to do strategic planning, planning very high level. Mm -hmm. And then it's really hard to know what do we roll down? What do we communicate out? So it really helps with that transparency because people do want to know where's the company going. Right. Um, so that's been key. Specifically to marketing then there is traditionally a very large goal connected to um, marketing. And that can be, you know, launching uh, an online web presence to increase lead generation. Um, you break that down and you make it a smarter goal. You make it more measurable throughout the year. So that can be a matter of, you know, can be five, four or five steps, depending on your quarters. So re redo your website, you know, right. um, work with the sales team on refreshing, you know, whatever they're utilizing for collateral, things like that. So so yeah, it can be a variety of those things that tie in. Um, I think strategically what we are hoping to, you know, accomplish this year is 
not even really from a marketing standpoint, but we want to get like, everyone's talking about getting back, getting back to like, I, I wish we were only having the challenges we had before COVID. Yeah. Like, I would love to go back to that world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's a lot about let's, let's get back uh, to where we know we need to be. And then let's step forward and see what's next. Right. That was our, our opening presenter at staffing world. Talk about, talked about the next level and what that could mean. Right. So, right. So, yeah. Oh, Thanks, Scott. So, Amy, one of the things you mentioned in relative to EOS is having those goals for the marketing team. Your, your organization has your, your BHAG, your 10-year objective. You've got your three-year goals. You've got your one-year. For those people who've never heard of EOS or Traction, recommend reading the book Traction by Gina Wickman. Uh, great process for managing a business. In your organization, though, when it comes down to marketing, do your goals end up being number of leads to generate, dollar revenue production goals, or is it activities to be completed kinds of goals? How does marketing define goals? Yeah, absolutely. Very much so um, the task-oriented, the more project-oriented. Um, we have a scorecard with numbers, and it is a, has a variety of different things on it that are looking at how many candidates came in through the website, how, you know, how did our Facebook ad cost per click go up or down this month, so we can kind of watch those a little bit more. Um, but you know, it's really more of a, they, they also get their own goals. They set their own goals each quarter too. And we, we always make sure that one of those is a continuing education goal. Scott, when you were talking about your, maybe your lead designer, the one that, you know, is just like, she just makes things amazing. Um, a good goal for her could potentially be, um, becoming a mentor for your other individuals who want to do graphic design and then, you know, having her be the liaison to make sure that whatever that output ends up being is, is something that she feels is quality. So, you know, there are things like that Mm -hmm. where you can do um, not only goals that work toward the business goals, but then goals that work toward those individual and personal goals so that people feel fulfilled within their roles and they feel like they're contributing overall. So I hope that answered your question. Oh, that's great. Thank you. So Scott, how about student strategy questions? Yeah, I mean, I echo everything Amy said, really, because especially with the L10, that's going to apply to us too. So I may be emailing you on that. Yeah, absolutely. You know where to find me. I know where to find (laughs) you. Yeah, so that'd be great. Um, Looking forward to getting into that. Um, We've uh, we've had one session, so we're in a couple of meetings, which there was one Monday that I wasn't at because I was flying. But uh, but yeah, it's going to be good. Um, Generally, strategically, other than what Amy said, I mean, our main goal is to increase applicant flow. So that's the main number, you know, number of applicants, uh, number of uh, um, as far as and cost per applicant. That That's a big one um, per branch. You know, some branches do way better than others. Um, so trying to get those lagging branches up and generally, yes, it's basically focused on activity website you know we're do, we did, just finished a commercial website redesign done with we, we work with Haley on that stuff which they do great uh Thank you, you know <laughs> they Appreciate do <laughs> um, yeah you guys do great great support um but um those kind of things and then basically really just supporting the offices right. um and so we're rated on that every quarter the offices will they actually, all of the different departments, we got HR training and development, marketing, central services, right? right? Central yeah. services. Mm-hmm. And they rate us all 
one to you know one to ten whatever so you have on, an NPS score exactly oh kind of God, yeah because they're our internal customers that's very cool yeah they're Absolutely. our customers so our goal is to make our customers happy and our customers are our branches yes. and so if, if our branches have an issue with their rep uh you know and generally they, our reps are great i mean they do a fantastic job we have an awesome team but if they have an issue with something we could do better or whatever then you know we, we want to work on that um, or explain you know how we can work together on that I love that feedback loop. I, I haven't really heard that very much, but I think that's really a huge um, opportunity for growth and change and getting that feedback from your internal customers as well as your external yeah. customers. So one of the things about uh, marketing and staffing over the years is it's always been fairly reactive. So, or we chase the, the hot new thing. Social media was probably a great example of that. Oh, we got to be on social. What are we going to do with it? I don't know, but we got to be on social. <laughs> right now, companies actually have social media strategies. Yes. So, as marketing leaders, is part of your role to go to the branches, to go to the sales teams, to go to the recruiters, and help them understand how marketing can be strategic, so it's not just chase the shiny object. I do think there's a huge role. Um, to play there. And I would love to have more time for that. <laughs> I get a little bogged down in the tasks and, and things. Uh, believe me, my team does a ton, but there's, there's always more to do. Right. Um, and shiny object syndrome is real. Um, <laughs> it is. Squirrel. Um, but now fires, but now yeah. fire. Oh, the fires, the yep. fires don't stop either. Um, but no, I think, I think we are getting to a point at least, um, you know, what I feel for it to be your point. I need to do some feedback looping, um, to see what's going on, um, to get real, real insight. But I think we are at a point where the, the branch or the area that wants to put together a certain initiative, they'll come to us and they'll say, okay, so going into a completely new area, never been here before. Can you go in and do a little market analysis? What Scott talked about with MC, do that a little bit. Also take a look at what are the advertising opportunities? Some of these rural areas, you know what? The newspaper is still the Bible, even if it's the weekly, because it's free and everyone Absolutely. gets it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's your hometown. It is. Yes. My, my parents read it every day. Yes. See? One of our reps, yeah. actually, for one, I heard this yesterday. Um, I was talking to our, the regional who's here with me at, um, at the conference. She said one of our reps did some research in one of the offices that are more rural, they're yeah. in a rural location, figured out a place, just a street corner where we could set up a table and a sign. Wow. And they had an amazing day yesterday recruiting. So all they did was set up a table. Um, it's insane. Sometimes that's all I, it yeah, takes. Yeah. I the, love that grassroots yeah. stuff. The corner you know? yeah. of the, where the one right. stoplight is. Exactly. <laughs> or the board in the supermarket. Yeah. Right? Yes. Jobs there. there are the gems. There are gems yeah. in those little communities. So yeah. it's trying to find them and then putting together a plan of attack. You know, how are we going to go and how are we going to enter this market? Because we also are trying to wow a brand new client. If it was a client that we didn't follow there, if it's business that we won. Um, so we got to prove our stuff and we got to prove our stuff really fast. We do. <laughs> so, you, really, you don't have much time. You don't. And each branch is different. You know, oh. each branch is in a different location. I mean, we have one in Suffolk, Virginia. We can post anything. It doesn't matter. And they're going to have dozens of applications. It oh, doesn't matter. Wow. So that we're, we're going to, you know, open up something else in Chesapeake because we have a pretty easy time recruiting in that area. But then you open up somewhere else, you know, maybe around the Chicago area. We've got a couple offices there and they struggle. I mean, they struggle. So it just depends on the location and what you can do. 
too. And of course in Chicago, you know, they can't open up on a straight corner and take applications, um, you know, but our Facebook strategy is generally, um, and please, if you're listening to this, don't look at our Facebook pages right now. <laughs> oh, Scott had a nightmare. Oh, so oh no. He had a horrible nightmare that came true. Yeah, it so was sad. so bad. We lost, and, and we lost our, we had a page with 8,000 followers. All the other branch pages were under that page. So beautiful. And then one, one, yeah. And one of our reps had two accounts. And apparently if you violate one Facebook rule, they'll, they'll get you. They shut down oh, they every one of our pages. Oh, oh. And then when we would open one up, they would shut it down as soon as they would find it. And it was really a bot because I've been in communication with Facebook and it's kind of a bot that they've lost control of a little bit. Yeah. So we're right now, we've just got all these separate pace, Facebook pages oh. like Luttrell Staffing, Bristol, and we're trying to do it. But the goal is to humanize the branches and humanize what we do have pictures of uh, our, of our, I mean, we'd love posting pictures of the latest placement to go full time, you know, awesome. with That's that great. staffer, you know, holding yeah. a sign that says, I got the job yeah. or whatever, you know, those kind of things just to humanize us. That's kind of the goal. And we do post jobs on Facebook too. And we get some stuff from that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I know you guys do the same thing. Mm -hmm. But to me, the goal of social media is to make us relatable and relevant to who we're trying to reach. Yeah, it's that community online, right? right? It's giving each of, to your point, those Facebook stores or however you yep. are able to open up those business pages, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, giving them a voice as well. Um, very recently, actually earlier this year, we launched an initiative along those lines um, and got some individuals in the offices trained up. We call them our community managers. So they're they're in charge of adding that local content, that, that local flavor to each of the pages. Now, luckily, we still have the structure of the, the big mama page, I call it, the Doherty mama page that yep. goes down to all of those store pages. So they're still getting quite a bit of content from the, um, the actual marketing team itself. We've got a very, you know, laid out schedule, <laughs> testimonial Tuesdays and, you know, all of those things. Um, so they get that, but then they also get to add like extra spice. Right. So, right. Yeah. That's nice. That's yeah. the thing about social media. It's supposed to be social. It's right. supposed to be interactive. It's, it's supposed to be humans. Yes. Yeah. Videos. If we can get our people to do videos. One, one guy at one of our locations just went outside. It was raining really hard. He was wearing a jacket. And he was like, we're here for you, rain or shine. Just uh, real corny, but fun. Oh, that's awesome. And then one of the, his, uh, uh, they poured a bucket of water on him, you know, and it was just fun, just corny, but it works in that market, you it's know. It's human. It's yeah. human. It's yeah. who you are. Exactly. Yeah. It probably got a ton of views. Scott, you bring up a really good point. And it's, it's something that we hear a lot is, do you, do you encourage, do you require do you get your recruiters and salespeople involved in creating and sharing social content or does marketing control the brand? So like our, I was saying with the community managers, you know, marketing controls for the most part, the brands, just because <laughs> it's, it's, it's that overarching, right? Um, so where we give them license for creative, you know, help and uh, creative, I guess, paths is within those individual branch pages. So we're looking to expand the Facebook um, community manager program out a little bit more, but it's, it's finding those superstars like, like Scott was talking about. So we're actually thinking, switching a little bit from Facebook to maybe TikTok is we're thinking about holding um, an internal like audition for like a TikTok star, someone who feels comfortable, who knows the platform a little bit more, really better than I do, um, to be able to kind of audition to be one of the front runners to start providing some content to our TikTok channel because. So would they be doing that through an individual account or through a Doherty account? So we'd like to um, 
little up in the air right now, but what I would love to have them do is uh, like take over the account for the day type of thing. Um, so that way they can just feature jobs that they're in their area or their clients type. But yeah, so I'd like it to the be hijack the, the account, the hijack the account. Right. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. We've got a TikTok account. I've, I've never been on it, but the couple oh, of, Scott, my, you'd love of it. folks, yeah, I don't know. Oh, come skeptical. on. <laughs> With with your personal interests, you'd love it. Yeah, we won't so. go there though. Yeah, maybe not. Um, yeah, it might be fun. It might be a lot of fun. But uh, a couple of our folks in the in my department, they they play with it, have done some neat things, you know, with it. So they had one that went kind of semi-viral, doing something. One of those contests that they were yes. doing. I, I don't know. I remember it was it's pretty neat. challenges. Yeah, challenges yeah. and stuff. So we probably need to get a little more involved in TikTok, and we've got a Twitter account, we've got an Instagrams. Um, you know, but yeah, the, um, we encourage the branches to do it. Some branches won't, some branches just refuse. Some people just don't want to be on camera. They don't want anything to do with it. They want us to do it for me. You know what? We're there to serve them. So right. we're going to encourage them, but we're not going to make them. No. Yeah. So yeah, that's agreed. the idea. We'd love it when they do though. We'd right. like to, um, try to incentivize it Absolutely. with contests and stuff. I actually did a, a quick talk yesterday based on the value of having salespeople and recruiters building personal brands on social media. Because it generates way more engagement, way greater reach, more conversions. Salespeople tend to be higher producers when they're active on social, and it also improves candidate attraction and retention. But there's always this fight to get the salespeople and recruiters involved in actually sharing content. I think, Amy, some more you mentioned, they're busy. They're doing other right. things, and we don't want them spending their whole day just playing on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you've talked a lot about your teams, and I know it's a question we get a lot. So I want to ask you guys a little bit about how do you structure a marketing team? What's what's the first person you need? Is it the lower level or is it a senior person who can understand a strategy? And then how do you build out from that? How do each of your companies do that? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with assessing what you need first. Um, I could tell you you need a graphic designer first, but if you're... If, if you already have some savviness in, in design coming into it as the leader of that department, then that's probably not where your weakness is. Um, so it's finding someone that can take on maybe the areas that you're weak or just the areas of greatest need. If rewriting the job descriptions to be job advertisements is your greatest need, find a writer. Find someone that has some, some savviness with advertising copywriting and things like that. So I definitely don't want to dictate or, or organize anyone else's department. How it worked really well for us is the specializations. And Scott talked about that. So we have a couple of you know, specialist roles. And right now we're in a little bit of a period where that coordinator, um, which starts... I hate to use the word ground level, but you know, usually it's an individual who is either right out of college with a marketing degree, or maybe they've done some, you know, external internships and things like that. So they don't even really know where they want to grow yet, which actually is a beautiful thing because you can then put them into a lot of different and, and expose them to a lot of different things. And then you can figure out here's, here's what the business needs are. Here are the areas. So where do you want to grow? Where, where do you feel you'd contribute the most and enjoy yourself the most if you were taken to the next level of like a specialist. You know, let's talk about what that what that looks like, how we can get there with you and, you know, how that will will change your role in the future. So that's kind of what we do is start in a coordinator role, we move to a specialist role and then um yeah, so and then there's me. So then they have to unthrown me <laughs> 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 to get any higher but, but one of our our key individuals um, in a specialist role uh, is our is our digital. That's just become so so 
important because digital and, and tech are what change, is changing so fast. And so I know I see the two coordinators that I have right now kind of leaning a little bit the digital way too. So if you end up with two or three digital specialists, that's not horrible because you're, we might need two or three pretty soon just to handle everything. Are your digital specialists, are they content? Are they SEO? Are they PPC? Because those are all unique skills. Do they have to learn it all or do you have people who are more specialized? Um, right now, the, the digital specialist role is a little of everything. Um, she's enjoying everything right now too, but I have a feeling that if I can get a coordinator to maybe take on a certain aspect of that so that this individual can move into another platform, um, that she'll enjoy that because then there's room for growth for, for her as well. So, yeah. How about you, Scott? Let's... Well, we, we, it's a combination of outsourcing and... Um, outsourcing and uh, and then what we can do internal so we start them off as a coordinator basically regional marketing coordinator and what that is and, and a lot of our people most of our people in on the team now have had experience they've worked already in our company in some role so like the person we're about to add it was a senior um, staffing manager so I love that because they can help the staffers, especially the younger staffers that come on board. That I love that. Yeah. They know the language. They know exactly yes. what they need to be doing. And so our role is support. So it's not just what can we, we do. It's like, how can we help you be better at your job? You know, because if those yeah. staffers don't contact the people, then everything we do is for nothing, you know, because if our people aren't getting contacted, we're losing credibility and we're not going to be able to recruit more. So most of our, I have a, somebody that used to be a branch manager that she just um, wanted to do, do this. Um, so just people that already has experience in our company and I'm willing to hire from the outside, but, but sure, it's sure. just, uh, it's just been really nice to have people in that that's used to that and to provide that kind of support to the branches. So we outsource digital right now. I may need to talk to you and see what your digital people do. <laughs> see if that's cost effective, okay. you know, cause that's the only, yeah, we're just, we just weren't sure if it'd be cost effective or not. Cause we outsource some to you guys, some to there's another local company that we use for some things too. Um, but, uh, well, don't get rid of Haley. No, no, that's great. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They do That's a lot of okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the stuff they do would be hard to it'd be okay. hard to replicate. Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, it's nice. Well, you know, we, we do have clients that, that leave us to bring it in house, and what we find is it's very unless you're a large company, it's very hard to replicate the experience level on our yeah. team and the, the difference. Right. So yeah, it's, sometimes things work better in house because if you want that community, like that local presence, you need that in house. But you know, for the strategy and the over, sometimes that's better with yeah. more experts. Mm -hmm. A couple of things that you mentioned, I love that you um, are working with these younger people and creating career paths based on what they're interested in. It, very informal career paths. If they're listening, they're probably that's, like, that's oh my okay. gosh, this is what's been stored. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's so many opportunities because if they go digital, like David mentioned, right. there's so many places even within digital to specialize. And I really meant, I really liked what you said, Scott, about um, hiring the, the um, senior staffing managers because they know the language because staffing yep. has its own language. And if you don't speak yeah. that language, I, I know with our new hires, they struggle with talking to clients because they don't understand what's being said and what is being. Yeah, said. it's huge. It's, there's it's so huge. many acronyms. 
Yeah. Oh gosh, all the acronyms. Yeah. Well, just understanding what they're going through because staffing is a stressful job. I mean, yes. I did it for six years. It's stressful and it's harder now than it was when I did it, you know, because I mean, I was looking through files manually. You know, I mean, you're talking 1999 when I started staffing. <laughs> so that's like the Stone Age, right? <laughs> so um, it's harder. So we, 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 uh, somebody who's done that that knows it and that can really provide the right kind of support. And then, okay, well, here's, we're doing this. Here's what you can do. Um, you know, make sure you're doing this, this, and this, and this, because we put these tools out there, make them available to everybody, but we want to make sure that they're doing all those tools. Mm -hmm. um, so, and checking in on them and getting as many people as they can. Mm -hmm. Do you have a program for training to use those tools? Um, a lot of that is just us showing, and, and we don't really have too much. We we do some explainers that they sure. can download and look at and stuff, but yeah, nothing nothing formal. Um, That's okay. That well, changes so fast. Yeah, it does. Right. As soon as you put a training together, it'd be like, oh, now Facebook it's Manager changed their platform again. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> It's like exactly. a daily occurrence, right? <laughs> that, that's a classic struggle in any organization is getting marketing to play nicely with sales. In this case, you've got two sets of customers. You've got to get marketing to play nicely with the sales team and marketing to play nicely with the recruiting team. How do you master that? Oh, master? No. <laughs> that's why people are listening. They want to know the secrets <laughs> of your success. <laughs> um, I think a big component that Scott talked about is the feedback loop is probably a really, yeah, yeah really helpful in making sure that, um, to your point, that the play nice is happening. Uh, we do stress customer service very, very much in our department. I think hiring the right people with the right mindset is very important. Having that customer service mentality, that altruistic service, you know, um, PI, um, taking a look at from a behavioral aspect, you know, they have to have high empathy. Um, they have to come with strengths that are within that teamwork type of area. Um, Cause there are, they don't necessarily have a whole lot of numbers that go toward the GP. All of our numbers go toward those numbers to go toward the GP. Right. So we're once removed. So it's it's a little bit more of a did we did we provide our expertise? Did we make sure we solve the problem at least the best that way that we could? And did we leave the customer wanting to come back next time? They have that problem to us. And so having that mentality, I think, really just helps. And then just grace. Right. We all just could use a little more grace in our yeah. lives right Amen. now. <laughs> no, no tortured artists. On <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. no. Grace and communication, I think, you know, really staying in touch with uh, yeah. the sales director, you know, making sure that we can, how can we help you? Uh, those kind of things. You know, we use, we'll, we'll use the, bring in the tools that help them. So like the Zoom info, we will help with that, get them contacts, send them out to where they need to be. Um, so that too, along with the EMC, like we can support them in that way too. Um, but just, just making sure that we're on the same wavelength as, as the, as the sales team. So. That, that too is another language, honestly, um, sales yep. and marketing is really just sales light. You know, when you think about it, it is right. <laughs> or diet, I don't know, diet sales. <laughs> um, so understanding not only where the recruiters are coming from and their struggles, but kind of understanding what sales is going through and having empathy for that situation, because they, they're not just out for any client right now. It has to be the right client. And there are so many parameters put around them as to what the right client looks like so that they can get toward their new business goals. Uh, so I think it's really helpful to understand that. And I know at Doherty and Dahl, we are 
we've prescribed to us sales training. It's uh, Sandler. And so I went through the Sandler boot camp because I felt like I wanted to have a better understanding of, you know, how they're entering the process, the steps that are involved. Um, so that I could find maybe some new ways to make those steps easier, to make us look, um, you know, better, enhance our presence in each one of those sales steps. So I felt it was important for, for me myself to get involved with that. I, I love that, Amy. So I've always found that some of the most valuable marketing training I ever had was sales classes that I had to take uh, because it, the process of learning to ask questions, the process of diagnosing problems, that will all translate into marketing that resonates. And Scott, when you talked about the empathy, and Amy, you mentioned it as well. Um, not my personal strengths, sorry. But having that empathy for not just the people you're supporting, but that end candidate. I know in marketing, we all yes. talk about building personas, but do we under really understand the people we're trying to reach and the value we play in their lives? And when we're hiring and building our marketing teams, Somehow we have to take, especially, and you mentioned I get somebody in their first job. Yeah. You have no empathy for what it's like to be a light industrial candidate. No, absolutely. You have no empathy yet for what it's like to be in sales. Mm -hmm. I, I always like to take the people and say, if you can, at least talk to the people, but ideally follow them around for us. See what their day's like. When you come back and think, oh my gosh, I could never do that job, you're ready to be a good marketer. <laughs> Absolutely. I know we, the marketing team pre-COVID um, actually got to go on some light industrial tours. So that way we could actually see what was being done um, with permission, maybe get some actual raw content footage to use, you know, photographs mm -hmm. and things like that. Interview one of um, the individuals that has been on assignment for a long time. Um, so COVID. Um, so hopefully, <laughs> yeah. hopefully we'll get back to some of those tours. I know we, we have been actively doing in-person hiring events that, um, hit or miss, depending on the area, but definitely want to get my team a little bit more involved in actually go to a hiring event, mm -hmm. you know, see what not only the staffing specialist has to do, but see who they're talking to and the questions that they're asking and what can we give them for more tools to help with those questions. And what, what does that person, what kind of response would that person, you know, take in and ingest and what make them want to take this job? So. Good points. You mentioned COVID. So how do you think? I hate how to can talk I not? about it. Sorry. I heard that word unless yesterday's yes, I'm sorry. Are we not allowed to take a shot now or something? Yes, that's why the shot glass is there. Every time we say COVID. <laughs> um, you mentioned it. How has it impacted what you're doing in your businesses? Oh, gosh. Um, well, impact is definitely the word, mm -hmm. isn't it, Scott? Yep. You go, I'll let you go first. It, it, it feels like recruiting has just it's become 10 times more difficult than it was before so that that's the main impact i think and some of that is self-inflicted i mean we've had government policy basically colluding to keep people at home you know and i know that can be a political statement but it feels like that that's what they're trying to do you know us oh well we're going to pay, pay you to stay at home more than you could make going to work so you know it's frustrating. I, yeah well, that, that was probably the original <laughs> intent right to keep people safe at first right right yeah Correct. at first Correct. You know, positive intent yeah Correct. um you know so you're heading down there bitchy watch out <laughs> just positive yeah, intent we, 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 we can that. talk about that yeah <laughs> that's um, a whole other podcast <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, but eventually, right, is, you know, we got to get back to work and there's a point. And so, you know, the, some of the unemployment benefits ended uh, the beginning or the beginning of the month. Uh, so we've seen a little bit of an uptick in applicants, but not like we would hope. Um, but I do think, on the other hand, I do 
uh, think it's great that market pressures are driving wages up. Agreed. That's good. It's huge. And, and we need people to pay a living wage. Yes. You know, our, our people don't. I mean, if they're, they have a family and they deserve to make, um, you know, to make enough to feed their families. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that aspect of it. And so just communicating that with our clients. That, and we have a lot of clients that want to pay well below market rate. And they still expect us to get those people. And a lot of that is just communicating. And they could use every agency that we do business or that that's in our area. They're not going to get all their people if they're paying $8 an hour or even $10 an hour. Um, you know, there's a certain minimum there. And it's not all because of the government. You know, some of this is just because of pressures and, and, and economics and, and market. So, yeah, so. I mean, that's perfect kind of segue into, I think, staffing firms because of these challenges have really had to, if they weren't already, they have had to actually become more strategic um, consultants for their clients in the employment area. And Scott, I'm sure there's business that you've walked away from because it's like there's almost a scorecard. And if you don't get to X amount on your scorecard as you're being assessed as a new client, we simply cannot take you. Right. Because (laughs) not that there's no hope for you, but here are some things that we see that are knocking you off of our scorecard. So can we talk about, you know, can we talk about going from the five panel to the four panel direct test? Can, right. we, can we talk about the only, only having an orientation or an onboarding session on Mondays? <laughs> you know, can we talk a little bit more about how much you're paying these people right. and background <laughs> or, checks. or background checks, yep. you know, how, where can we be nimble here so that we can get, we're all working toward the same goal. You've got so many roadblocks in place. You know, how can we talk about breaking some of those roadblocks down so that you and I can both win? These are pre-COVID roadblocks. They are. They're acting like it's not, you know, 2019, (laughs) and it's not, sadly. Um, So, yeah, you you can't just say nobody can have – we're not going to work anybody that has any kind of criminal background whatsoever for anything in your entire life. And we've had clients that have wanted that. Not going to get that anymore. So unrealistic. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Things have just changed a lot. And you – both of you have talked about working with the right clients. And yeah. I think that that says a lot about your corporate values mm-hmm. as well. But you want to speak to what a right client is? We talked a little bit about the roadblocks, but is there anything else? Um, aside from that, I would say someone who is looking to engage with us as a partner, to not look at us as a vendor or a supplier is very key. Um, we pride ourselves um with being local because, you know, we are less geographically spread on the Doherty side. And so, you know, if you do really want to have a relationship and a partnership with a staffing firm that has a local presence with you, um, that has, you know, our tenure on our leadership team is just incredible. And of course, being family owned, um, being around for over 40 years, having our generation two come in, those are, those are things that differentiate us from especially some of maybe the big box type of, of places who don't have that local presence and things like that. So the right client is really looking at us for the fact that we would be a strategic partner for them and not a commodity. Right. And that, that can be a million different characteristics. Sure, sure. But if they are willing to look at us in that way and understand what we bring to the table as a value, 
um, that's that's the best partnership that we're going to find. This is hard to top that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> don't apologize. That was great. You don't have 100%. to top it. Yeah, no, that, no, 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 no. Yeah, that, but that's exactly right. I mean, somebody that has our values that treats our people well. Yes. If they treat our people well, then we want to do business with them. And if they don't treat our people well, then we don't want to do business with them. And that's really what it comes down to. I've had to, when I was a branch manager, we've had to drop clients before because, you know, we get consistently bad ratings from employees who have left. You know, and so, um, yeah, we're, we're not just doing business with anybody. We want to do business with the right people. Yeah, so, that's great. Absolutely. All right. Well, I know we could have fun talking to you guys probably until we missed our flights home. <laughs> um, but I would like to ask one final question. Maya, I didn't give you any final questions. You can jump in. All right. I want to peek under the hood. Oh, oh boy. Mm. So <laughs> just one favorite marketing tactic that you brought to your organization that you think this is kind of like a really wow for my company. Mm-hmm. You go. You Scott, you go. First. You go first. <laughs> I'm not asking anybody to give away traits. Today. No, no, no. No, no. I think that anything for us, honestly, I mean, we all do job boards. You got to do the job boards right. You guys help with, pro- with programmatic. I think that's important. Um, there's no magic bullet. No, that's it's the a secret thing. sauce. Yep, there's, yeah, there's no exactly thing that's just going to get all the people we need. I think it's a combination of getting the right clients and then communicating that out in a way that makes people want to work for them, uh, you know, kind of grabbing their culture and, and conveying that in the ad and in the way our recruiters describe these jobs to the folks and the way they relate to the people. So our secret sauce has been as a company, you know, our logo, our, our uh, motto is making people matter most. So we try to make, we do try to get that empathy aspect of it is, you know, and try to talk to them in a way and communicate them in, in a way that uh, they know that we understand where they're coming from and that we want to help them and that we want, we want to put them first. So I'd say referrals because of that, we get more referrals than most companies. The magic word yeah, referral. It's huge. Yeah, it's <laughs> huge. Um, and we want to do better at that. So we, we want to try to, you know, we're, we're going to be talking to great recruiters. Amy's already with them. Um, so we and really, staffing referrals. And staffing referrals. <laughs> yeah. So we want to work and get better at doing that and automating that. But already we get a lot of referrals. I would say almost half of our applicants are referrals because we treat them well. And obviously we have some detractors because if you get fired from a job for something, you're, you're mad and you're going to vent. I get it. You know, that's anywhere. But we hire people that treat people right. And we don't put up with people who don't treat people right. And I think that's a huge thing um, in our business. It is huge. All right, Amy. All right. Well, that's going to be hard to top, actually. (laughs) So you got me back. Um, No, the the element that I was thinking of um, when David asked the question, it's it's a perfect interplay off of what Scott talked about. Um, I remember uh, crossing over from, I I originally came on as the marketing manager for the PEO um, of the company, which was um, later uh, sold. But coming over to the, the staffing side and realizing we have two customers over here and actually introducing the mindset um, about five years ago that our candidates are customer number one right now. And that shift that it's not a huge shift. People have always been first in our, in our business, but getting that mind shift to how do we, how do we make sure that it is the 
candidates, it, that those are our top priority consumers. How do we build our communications around it? How do we reach those people better? Which channels should we start using? Um, this is funny. We, uh, we had an individual on our leadership team, and it's still very true. I'm not going to say it's not a true statement, but I'm going to it's not mine. Um, nothing happens until someone sells something. And that's still very true. We're also need to sell those jobs to our candidates. So yes, that first sale needs to happen, but there's a second sale and it's almost more crucial. And so getting the, the focus to shift just, just a little bit into the importance of completing the sale is actually putting the person on assignment. It's not getting this contract signed. <laughs> that's very true. Good stuff. Yeah. No, I like it a lot. I, that's why I think at the beginning you were talking about it's not a job post, it's a job advertisement. advertisement. Right. <laughs> exactly it needs right. a lead in line. It needs a call to action line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we can constantly be improving that, you know, and, and those things. So sometimes okay. even we get in a road where we're just trying to get it done, you know. So I think about yeah. it, if I'm a recruiter and I've got 25, 50, maybe 100 jobs I'm trying to fill. And now, oh, you make me have to write the job ads? Oh, oh yeah. no. You got to expect me to be a copy. Nope. Nope. No, no. Push that to marketing. Yep. 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 We can handle all that. So yep. <laughs> that's good. That was great. Yep. Go ahead. We are, I think, out of time. Not out of questions. <laughs> out of questions. I could, I have like three more questions in my head, but he said last question. Aww. So it's okay. All right. I want to thank you both for taking time out to come chat with us. Really appreciated thank your you. insights Absolutely. and hope everybody else uh, enjoyed ideas to make the secret of their staffing success great marketing thank you yeah it's great so david that was a really fun conversation with amy and scott um kind of cool to have two different companies on at once and and kind of compare and contrast what's what's important to them and talking about marketing you know i know that's your thing so what was your biggest takeaway here i don't even know where to start um it was, it was a lot of fun to talk marketing. And I think I'm going to probably start at the end when we asked them to sort of give away the, the, their secret or their favorite success. And Scott talked about you know, making people matter most, which is their, their company vision, their company value, and mission. And what I, what I consistently got out of the talk is both organizations, marketing and how it interacts with sales and recruiting gets back to, are we living our values? And is that message, like Amy talked about, did it come from the EOS or the DTO, for those of you who know the EOS process, did it come from the vision of the company to the people who are marketing, selling, and recruiting? And if when it works, the company gets the best results. I, I think that was evident in, in a lot of the conversation about the right client. And that speaks so much to the core values, like who is the right client? And both of them, you know, we want people that treat our people well. We want to engage as a partner, not a vendor or a supplier. That, that, that relationship is so important. That's so core to who they are. And they are. And both of them said that they had stopped doing business with clients that didn't meet those values. I think that says so much. I think it's a challenge though, because so many staffing companies are going to say, well, we want to be a partner. We focus on building relationships. But how do you put yourself in the mindset of the customer or the candidate, as Amy said, because thinking about both audiences, how do I put myself in the mindset? Why do they want the partnership? Why do they want the relationship? And if you really understand the value from their perspective, it's they are seeking the partnership. If they don't understand the value, all they want is the commodity vendor. 
Well, that's true. And that wouldn't be the right client then, right? <laughs> so that's, that's not the really right relationship. But part of that goes to the training that we were talking about a little bit um, of having somebody's shadow in the sales shadow and recruiting so that you can see and understand if you're in marketing to understand what a salesperson goes through and to build that empathy for their job and to do the same for recruiters, but then also to see it from the applicant and the client side, that's, that would build those, that value centric. Yeah. I think it also went with the, the question about building teams and focusing on the gaps and the gaps could be, I need to create the gaps could be any, someone who's a technical specialist. But there's also a training gap in does do people who are doing marketing, either inside or if we hire an external company, do they really understand the audience they're supporting? Both the internal audience, sales, recruiters, branches, and then the external audience, the clients and candidates. There is there's such a depth of knowledge required to be a good marketer in the industry. It was great to hear these guys talk about the need to have that understanding and that empathy. You know, building those traits, like, so if you hire the traits, you may be able to train part of it, but if you, you need to have somebody that has that client service mentality, I think Amy mentioned really high empathy, um, team player who likes to solve problems. So those things, and, and then learning the, the internal and external clients and their needs. But if you have that trait, probably going to be um, better in that role. Yeah, one thing that was a bit surprising to me, uh, I'm not going to put a knock on these two guys because I think they both do great jobs for the companies. The one thing that's surprising to me is looking at the sales side, the nature of most staffing organizations is still that they're sales-driven organizations. And I didn't hear a strong tie-in to what's our marketing strategy other than picking the right clients? And how do we integrate that with our sales strategy? And, and maybe we just didn't have enough time to get into it. But I think there's so much opportunity for companies that have that, here's my three-year, my one-year goal. How do I coordinate marketing and sales strategies? Because I see lots of our clients, I see lots of staffing companies where marketing is just a cost center, where it is just producing the pretty materials. It is just completing the proposal. It's not coordinating with and leading the strategy for the voice of the organization and the best path to connecting with clients and candidates. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the branding part of it, you know, we get very wrapped up in what is the brand and identity we want, but we don't think necessarily what is the long-term strategy to achieve the company's goals because marketing, that is that role for marketing. Well, I think uh, another great episode. I, I hope everybody listening today enjoyed Amy and Scott's insights. I know we sure did. I think now we'll have to have more opportunities to bring. I think that's a train going by our booth. <laughs> we'll have more opportunities to bring multiple companies onto the show. Hope everybody listening today enjoyed this episode of Secrets of Staffing Success. As always, we would love your feedback. So leave us a rating or send us an email and tell us how we can make this show even better for you. You can reach Vicki or me uh, through our corporate email address, info at hailymarketing.com. Thanks for listening.